Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 006. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. If you were driving a car, wouldn't it be nice to avoid an accident before it happened rather than wonder what went wrong as your car crashes into the ditch? Wouldn't it be nice for our lives as well? On this week's episode, we're going to learn how to do just that. Check it out. Has anybody ever done anything that they regretted in their lives? Anybody ever thought, you know what, if, it, if I'd have known it was going to work out differently, I would have done something totally different than what I ended up doing? They say that hindsight is twenty twenty. But the problem with hindsight is hindsight doesn't actually kick in until, until you've already been neck deep in the problem. It's like, thank you, hindsight. Where were you 20 seconds ago when I could have stopped from saying what I was going to say or doing what I was going to do? What if, instead of hindsight, we could actually have foresight? That those danger spots or those danger areas that could get us into trouble, if we knew about them before they decided to wreck us. I believe with a little bit of DIY construction, instead of reacting to disaster, we can actually avoid problems, minimize heartache in our lives. Anybody game for avoiding problems and minimizing heartache in your lives? A couple people? All right. If you didn't raise your hand, well, next week's message on being honest. <laughs> Let's pray together. God, thank you that you give us a word that transforms us, that can work inside us, that can do construction inside our hearts, that we might be able to be a little more like your son each and every day. Amen. Well, last week, we went over the idea of how to fight right, how to fight well when it comes to conflicts that we have with our loved ones. And today, we're looking a little bit broader, not just in what happens when the conflict is, is right there in front of us. But how to maybe stop those conflicts or those difficulties or heartaches from happening in the first place. Now, this isn't the idea of ducking conflict or avoiding it altogether. That's, as we covered last week, that doesn't do anything any, anybody any good. But it involves putting systems in place that prevent us from walking into contentious situations. Situations that are breeding grounds for problems for conflicts within our relationships. It's about establishing guardrails to keep ourselves and our loved ones and those relationships safe. Now, I know what some of you may think. You know what? I don't need guardrails in my life. I don't need safety nets. I got it covered. And you know what? You're right. And the video really got it right. Nobody needs guardrails until they do. If nothing else, Consider it for the sake of being able to teach this kind of stuff to your kids and your grandkids. Just one example of how we might want these kinds of things in our lives. Consider the three words that no dad ever wants to hear from their daughter before they're 30 years old. I met someone. Oh, you guys thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? It's those three words that can probably put just about any dad into complete paranoid mode. And maybe any mom, too. That's certainly how it was in our 
in our family. When I dated people in high school and in college, I didn't get to leave that front stoop until I had a meet and greet with mom and dad. As somehow I was able to avoid the FBI checks that Rachel's parents ended up giving to all of her prospective boyfriends. I'm not, that was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Now it's easy. You call up the church office, say, Marie, get me the geek. Yeah, my daughter has a boyfriend now. I need you to hack his Facebook profile. Yes, that one. Because I need to know what gun to be cleaning when they walk in, when he walks in for the date on Friday night. Yes, thank you. Not to worry, it hasn't happened yet. But that's one of those situations where we as parents, as grandparents, want guardrails. We want something to keep our loved ones safe. So why not for ourselves? Solomon writes in the passage that we're going to kind of launch from today, within the Proverbs. I'm just going to hit one verse and launch from there. It says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, it could take many different avenues when it comes to talking about guardrails and and safety within our relationships, but if we establish some kind of guardrails around our company, those that we hang out with the most, the cool thing is the effects and the benefits will start to filter down into all the other areas of our life. I mean, how many times have parents had conflicts with their children over their friends? Thinking maybe, hey, this person isn't a good person for you to hang out with, or this person isn't going to do you any good. You know, whatever it may look like. And and the children fight back, you're being so judgmental about my friends, and, and conflict ensues, and company leads in a way, the conflict. So you can sort of see where this starts to go and how this can play out. It's been said as well, you are the composite of the five people you hang out with the most. So if you hang out with wise people, as Solomon says, it kind of rubs off, and you become wise. You may think that's fairy dust talk, but doctors have proven it neurologically that when you hang out with a certain group of people, your brains actually start to align. And that can swing either really good if you're hanging out with wise people, people who are good for you, and it can swing the other way, where if you hang with fools, you suffer harm. Not exactly what I expect Solomon to say. Might expect him to say, if you hang out with fools, you become a fool. And maybe there's some truth to that. But think about this. Think about how we define a fool Biblically, and I guess this is a definition that would carry over across the generations to today. Fool is somebody who isn't careful. Pretty universal way of describing it. Fool would be a person who maybe lives for the day, who doesn't see any connection to how what they do today will affect them tomorrow. And she's like, hey, it's today, I'm going to do what I want to do and not worry about how that affects their future or the future of their loved ones. Here's where Solomon ends up going with this. Someone who doesn't take care or isn't careful in their life, you know what, they're not going to be very careful in yours. And when their life goes boom, guess where the shrapnel hits? Those around them. They suffer harm. Here's some proof. And I hope that we never have to live out this kind of situation. Because, well, you'll see what I mean. But if you have a child or a grandchild who is stone-cold sober, 
and they have a friend who's at a party or a get-together with them, and they are full drunk. Are you going to let full drunk friend drive your son or daughter home? No, probably not. Because if fool's life goes boom, guess who the shrapnel hits? Your loved one. Maybe it doesn't even play out quite that way. Let's play it out in a different scenario where your son or daughter, grandson, granddaughter, takes the ride home with full drunk, says, you know what, they got me home safe. They even did it ten times, and they were able to get me home safe every time. You know what, maybe I can do it too. And all of a sudden, it's not the shrapnel that hits them, that hits your loved one. It's the boom. So how do we establish guardrails? To keep us safe, to keep our loved ones safe, Well, know this, as I lay out these ideas, that guardrails are something that is subjective. It's not black and white for every single person in every single situation. As I was getting ready for this week, I started a discussion on Facebook that was talking about one subject, one subset of one subject dealing with guardrails. And this was among, the bulk of the conversation was among Christians. And the way people played with it and took this one guardrail and where they went with it and how they employed it and what they thought of it was all so completely different. And these are all basically Christians talking about one little sliver of this idea of guardrails. So it just goes to show that your guardrail might be different than somebody else's, and that's okay. They can both be legit. They can both be good for us. But I want to point that out. The point is to have one, to have some. And the point all the more so is to figure them out now while you're in the safety zone. Because if you're on the road, you ever notice the guardrail isn't off the cliff. The guardrail isn't even on the line of the cliff. The guardrail's in the safety zone. still on the road. You know, as I'm driving down Pearl to take everyone to school, there's a lot of windy roads and there's a lot of guardrails because there's a lot of cliffs. And here's the point of the guardrail. If I hit that thing, minimum damage. Car might end up in the shop for a little while, but I'm going to walk away. My family is going to walk away. If you're already flying off the cliff, that's a little late to say, hey, where's the guardrail? Doesn't do you any good then. So now, plan in peacetime. Guardrail while you're in the safety zone, before you need it. So how do we establish this? How do we come up with these? Well, Andy Stanley lays out a couple of red flags, if you will, that can kind of help us to know where some guardrails can be. And again, these are only starting points, but they're good. And what works in Georgia can work up in New York, so I'm going to borrow them from him. He says, when it dawns on you that your group isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving, red flag, waving in your face, hello, pay attention. So when we're with our friends... We let our guard down, right? When we're with people that we love, that, you know, that we have good relationships with, we relax. We, a little bit. And in a healthy relationship, that's a good thing. We want it to be that way. We want to have some place where we can just kind of let our hair down and, and relax. And among people who are helping us to grow into, you know, healthy people, that's a good thing. But throw a few fools into the mix. And that flag starts getting up and starts flying around a little bit more. Lest we get caught up in maybe a mob mentality or a groupthink mentality. 
where if you got enough fools and they're kind of going all in one direction and you start to think, yeah, I agree with them. And inside you're like, no, I don't. And you kind of start, to, which way is my head supposed to go? I want to go with the crowd. I want these people to like me, but I don't really agree, but I might as well just go because I don't want to raise a fuss. And they start, wherever, you know, wherever your friends are heading, that's where they're leading. Guess what? That means that that's where they're leading you. That's where they're leading your loved ones. When you catch yourself pretending to be somebody other than who you really are, red flag, pay attention and you know when it happens. You've heard me mention, if you've been around worship for a little while, the idea of a Botox personality. About putting on a front that says, this is what I think the people around me want to see, and so that's what I'm going to be. Well, I can take that whole idea and summarize it in one word, five letters. <laughs> Lying. You know what? It works great for actors on a stage. But for people who are trying to have real, healthy relationships with other real people, it doesn't go anywhere good. And even worse, if that red flag is up in your face and you're not paying any attention to it long enough, eventually, you start to lose a sense of who you are. Who you really are. You just, because you've been portraying a mask for so long then you won't need the company of fools to get your life twisted up. You'll be able to do that all by your lonesome self. When you catch yourself thinking, I'll go, but I won't participate. Really big red flag waving. The way Andy Stanley puts this, uh, imagine, would you accept that kind of argument from your 14-year-old daughter? Yeah, there's 15 guys there and they're all going to go get high and get drunk. And, you know, my friends are, we're going to go, but we won't participate. Yeah, no. My daughter's not even four yet, and I didn't know. A friend of mine told me when I was a young Christian, when we were talking about temptation, he says, you don't sit in the driver's seat of a Ferrari and not want to take that thing for a spin. So, how do you avoid the temptation? Don't sit in the Ferrari. Now, maybe a silly example, but the idea still, still holds. How do you avoid getting tripped up in temptation? Don't walk into the situation blindly. Don't walk in thinking, you know what, I'm impervious. I, this can't hurt me. I won't be tempted. I'll go, but I won't participate. You know, I've dealt with people, loved ones, who have this kind of invincibility syndrome. Maybe you know kind of what that's like. Maybe if you were a teenager at one point, you've even experienced it yourself. It can make your life a petri dish of problems, just brewing and multiplying. But the good thing is, this idea of establishing guardrails, of having safety in our relationships, it's not just all about avoiding bad things. There actually are positive benefits to it as well. First off, it puts you in a place that when your friends, maybe when their life goes boom, and because you've had guardrails around you, the shrapnel doesn't hit you, you're in a much better place to be able to help them out. To be able to reach down, give them a hand, and get them back up.
on their feet. Hopefully they learned their lesson. Hopefully they established some guardrails for themselves. But you're in a spot to be able to dust them off. It also allows you to have a story that honors the God who gave us guardrails in the first place. I mean, all the, the buzzkill kind of stuff that people would talk about in the Old Testament about don't do this and don't do that and why would God say that? Why would God hold me back from this pleasurable thing, whatever? Those are God establishing guardrails. Having guardrails honors the God who gave us those. I mean, when Rachel and I were engaged, we, lived, we both lived on the campus of our seminary. We both had separate apartments, probably like a thousand feet apart from each other. Let me just be honest. Financially speaking, it was probably about the craziest move we've ever done. Because as, as I would tell people who aren't Christians that, yeah, we live you know, like 500 feet apart from us. And th- this is a new teacher and a grad student going into seminary. I mean, it wasn't like we were going to have million-dollar jobs to be able to make up for our decision. They'd be looking at us like, why don't you just move in together? Save yourself like 600 bucks a month. But in the grander story, in the bigger story, it's one of the best moves we could have made. Because it said to those who were either Christian or not Christian that we wanted to honor God with our relationship and how we conducted it before we were married. Had we decided, okay, we're going to save the money and live together before we're married, you know what that would have taken that testimony that we try and live out and seriously undercut it. Especially when I'm going to class with other people who are training to go into ministry and I got to say, hey, where do you live? I live with my fiancé over in Lindner Tower. The rest of that conversation would not have gone well. So is there a guardrail you need to set up in your life? Whatever, again, whatever it looks like for you, because it can look different for each person, still be valid for them. Something to protect you, to guard your heart, to keep your relationships healthy, to guard your loved ones. Again, the thing I plead is not to have necessarily the the guardrails that I'm putting out, but to use those as a starting point and to come up with the guardrails now while you're in the safety zone. Because establishing guardrails really has only one of two ways that it can work out. Either you'll be glad you did, or you'll wish you had. Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org, or if you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning. On next week's episode, sometimes we go through life in a fog without a clear purpose. What could God do with me? Well, if God can have a purpose for an unbroken mule, God can definitely have a purpose for each one of us. See how God can do lots with little as we begin our Lent series next week on the Woodland Worship Podcast.